Hi everyone, welcome to Clearview Community Church Online. My name's Clayton, and happy Easter to you. Today I get to share with you the story of Jesus Christ, who through him the entire world changed. Maybe you've heard the phrase before that Jesus died for your sins. What, is, what does that mean? Well, today I'm going to take a walkthrough of the Bible and what that has to say about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Easter is the time where we celebrate the work of Jesus on the cross and his coming back to life. So here's your crash course. 2,000 years ago, Jesus goes around ancient Galilee, preaching and declaring that there's a new kingdom coming. He talks about the greatest in the world now becoming the least in this new kingdom. He talks about the rich becoming poor, and then the poor inheriting an entire kingdom. He talks about the oppressed becoming rulers, the hated becoming loved, the outsider being welcomed to the table. And this message is really threatening for a few groups of people, the people of political power and the people of religious power. So in a long story made really short, Jesus is killed, hung on a cross, a punishment so brutal that the Roman Empire wouldn't do it to their own people. He hung on this Roman torture device, despite doing nothing wrong, and a mocking sign was held over his head, sarcastically saying, King of the Jews. And there's so much to the story that I'm not getting to, I'm not doing it justice. But here's the deal, that on Good Friday, we remember that Jesus was killed, despite his innocence, and the people who believed he was going to change the world, the people who made up the poor, the oppressed, the broken, those people, the people that the kingdom was going to save, they're lost again. Their new leader, the man bringing a radical new kingdom, he's dead, he's gone, he can't do anything anymore, and they're terrified. Now the story doesn't end, but let's look at the actions of Jesus on the cross for a few minutes and understand why the death is a key part of the story. To understand the why, we go to scripture. And there's a section here for you to keep in mind from 1 Peter. This book, it's in your New Testaments, holds the testimony of the Apostle Peter the one who denied even knowing Jesus when Jesus was facing crucifixion. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed, for you're like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So what Peter does here is he ties his teachings about Jesus that he bore our sins in his own body to another verse found in Isaiah 53. He's speaking to a Jewish audience and Peter says, you were like sheep going astray because he knows that that phrase would call to mind this famous Isaiah passage, which the Jewish people, they were incredibly familiar with. So here's what would be brought to memory. It says that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. We are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, these two sections of scripture give us a bit of an idea about what's happening on the cross. Peter tells us that Jesus bore our sins on his body. From Isaiah, we learn that he was pierced for transgressions, which is an unlawful choice, and crushed for iniquities, which is immoral behavior. And there's more to it. In Colossians 2, 13 and 14, it tells us that when we were dead in our sins, that he, Jesus, forgave our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taking it away, nailing it to the cross. So we understand now that the Bible teaches us that Jesus on the cross took the guilt of our sins, transgressions, iniquities, all of our rebellion and mistakes, and it's placed onto Jesus. Someone else accepted the responsibility and the consequences of sin. And later on in Peter's letter, he says more about this. He says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Note that Peter emphasizes Christ suffered once for sins, not multiple times. No need to do that. His sacrifice completely took care of it, which reminds me of some of Jesus' last words on the cross, and he says, it is finished. I think we're getting the idea here. 
But why did Jesus go to the cross? Because he as the sinless one could pay the price for those that were sinful. The one who made no act of rebellion placed his life on the line to pay the price of the rebels. Jesus was tried as a political activist rebel, trialed and killed for rebellion, leading a revolt. Uh, but there was no rebellion in his heart, no sin on his hands. So we'll close the first part of the story. Jesus dies for sins once for all, completely. Because of that, now we live in freedom, not held down by our sin, not held by down guilt or shame. It's taken away. So now the story continues, and some of the followers of Jesus, they go to see his tomb one day, but they arrive and there's just an angel and a tombstone that closes the entrance, it's rolled away, and they're told he's not here. Now let's, let's get real for a minute. Lots of people were killed by crucifixion in the Roman Empire. That's not a special thing, but the one story of someone coming back from the dead, that's Jesus, that is special. So what do we know about the Bible for this? Well, 1 Peter 1, 3, 3 says, Praise be to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The truth of Jesus coming back to life, it's so key to the New Testament that there's even an early church creed or a statement of faith that became common practice in 1 Corinthians. It says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I received. And so then here's the statement, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and then he was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures. In Romans chapter 6, verses 8 to 11, it gives us a deeper understanding of resurrection and what it means for us. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So what does this mean for me to count myself dead to sin but alive to God? When Jesus dies, he takes on every implication of every sin committed in the history of humanity onto his shoulders. Simply summarized, those implications are death. Sin brings death and destruction into God's good world, and we experience the weight and effects of it all the time. But Jesus takes that onto his shoulders, and it kills him in a way. And on the cross, Jesus feels this separation from God that we feel because of sin, and he exclaims, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because sin brings death and separation. And Jesus experiences that. But the power of resurrection is that death is defeated. Three days after he's killed, Jesus' tomb is completely empty because he's completely alive. Death is completely defeated. Sin is completely defeated. Evil completely defeated. Sin, death, disease, destruction no longer separate us from God. And Jesus offers us his innocence and life for our guilt and death. Now, the power of the resurrection is that you don't pay the penalty for your sins. It's been paid, and instead of death, resurrection life is offered to you. There's a section in 1 John chapter 4, my favorite in the entire Bible. So at 10 verses, and the motivation of Jesus to do all of this is described. In one word, it's love. Actually, in these verses, the word love is used 27 times. It's so obvious what he's saying, Jesus loves you. And not for death, but for life. Now, 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Live through him. Be alive through him. The message of Easter is not one of guilt, shame, or sadness. It's of celebration. It's a sacred time and a holy time. A reminder of the power and the depths and the greatness of God's love for you. And here's another picture of God's love for you in Romans 8, 38. It says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love either death or life, angels or demons, fears about today or worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell, they can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Definitely, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us 
from love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. So what do you do with all of this? So let's recap. First, Jesus has completely and once and for all taken care of the problem of sin for you and for me. And second, he's completely taken care of death and destruction in God's good world and instead offers somehow new life through his resurrection. And third, his motivation is his great, insurmountable, unmeasurable love for you. So how do you respond? There's a verse I want to read to you from Romans chapter 10 that gives us an idea. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to do much, really. It seems to be done for you. Sin has been taken care of, death it's defeated, and now it's offered to you. You believe that Christ is raised from the dead, and then you say it with your voice, Jesus is Lord, meaning that he's in charge of your life, and now you're saved. If you do that, that's it. So today, would you consider making that decision? To believe in Christ's resurrection, to trust his saving work and his sacrifice on the cross, and say to God, I trust you, I put you in charge of my life. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the saving work of Jesus on the cross, for taking the initiative and the work of restoring the broken relationship between me and you. For those listening today who want to take the next step and make you Lord, God, we receive your forgiveness. We acknowledge your sinful state and our need for you. and We celebrate the new resurrection life of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Christ has risen. He's risen indeed. Thank you for joining us at Clearview Community Church. We are one church in multiple locations with loving faith communities, vibrant kids and youth ministry, incredible community engagement initiatives. Now for everything you need to know and details about joining us in person, you can visit our website, clearviewcommunity.church. So God bless you and we'll see you next time.